3: There has been some disagreement, as you know, inside your own party with some of the more progressive members saying that Democrats gave up too much in negotiations.
0: I say these are folks who never negotiated any deal that I think has ever been
1: successful. An attack on Jill Biden's doctorate that managed to be petty, elitist and misogynistic all at once.
2: Jill Biden surveyed 159 students, but she received a total of 162 responses. So go ahead and try that at home. You can't. You're not a doctor. Ah, man, Tucker
4: Carlson just fired a torpedo at Dr. Jill. <laughs> he must have a serious uh, blood feud going with her because his he dedicated a big chunk of his show last night to just taking her down.
5: Well, here's what I think is funny is it's like this would have just gone away. You know, the guy yeah. would have written the thing in the WSJ and everybody would have moved on with their day. But no, the left decided that they need to die on the hill of Jill Biden's doctorate, which has now been exposed to be total junk. And now they have to defend her dissertation. You know, uh, it was their choice to make this the, the battle right now. And I don't know why they would choose this as a battle because it seems like a terrible place for them to be is defending the integrity of Jill Biden's academic credentials, which are not very strong.
4: Right. Two things on that. One, remind me that I wasn't recording for the first few seconds of the show <laughs> okay. at the end. Two, um, you're right. If, if it wasn't a total uh, overcorrection by the media... Mm -hmm. on this to just jump up there in demand again and again take it back, take it back, take it back (laughs) if they made it into a, I mean She's very
5: smart. Her degree is very important and good and very, very
3: important.
4: We know. Her response
5: praised
3: on social media as pure class and intelligence. That's right. Growing up, Jill
4: Biden famously punched
1: a bully in the nose to defend her sister.
4: Everybody knows about that story. It's a famous story. (laughs) But
5: many are saying what was written about Dr. Jill Biden would have never been written about a man.
1: An attack on Jill Biden's doctorate that managed to be petty, elitist, and misogynistic all at once. As numerous professors told the New York Times, the suggestion that Dr. Biden not use the honorific was blatantly sexist and emblematic of the way many men question or disparage women's credentials. But really, it's just a, a,
0: a... Who needs the mm, but then you, you are, do you, do you give it oxygen by talking about it? Do you give it energy? But you do have to bring attention to it and saying this is outrageous. Yeah. Do you give it oxygen? It
4: really is mm-hmm. a pernicious, ugly thing. Do you bother to give it oxygen? But you can't, you know, it's so egregious that you have to say something. You in just good can't let this
5: go. You can't just let somebody write an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal and it, just not comment on it. That's impossible to do.
4: And this is hard to say without seeming sexist, but aren't they all proving why there are men's clubs? <laughs> and like why Barstool Sports was for from its inception for the first 15 years, kind of a guy hangout place, because (laughs) this reaction is, guys wouldn't react like this if you go at another guy. Guys guys don't have this thing where they give a flying bleep. But, like, my goodness, that is simply not unfit to print. That is not, I don't like that whatsoever. This is disgusting. Misogyny on display. Misogyny? I mean, that's why nobody knows the word misandry. Because it's never used, because right. men never use it, and I understand. Well,
5: some do. There are some men on the weird recesses of the internet who claim to well, be okay. Incels by- maybe use it, <laughs>
4: and probably some metrosexual guys on skinny pants on scooters maybe maybe use it. If, if people are metrosexual anyway, I assume those people are. Uh, that was fifteen years yeah, ago. Yeah, that's actually. done.
5: Metro. Whatever it done. is now.
4: Yeah. Oh, but, but I mean it. It, this is such a poor sporty, you know. God, we got to change the rules and let my little sister play, kind of thing. It is, and it's yeah. it's 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 pathetic. Well, and
5: it's a weird hell to die on. We're because... extra sensitive,
4: so you have to change everything you do in the way you speak, etc. And you can't write tongue-in-cheek columns about us because we're sensitive about that. God,
5: right? I mean, it's just. It's just an odd choice for them to make to make this a big thing because her dissertation or her—they have some other name for it because it's an EdD and not a PhD, so it's not called a dissertation, but I forget what it's called. But it's really a weak document, and you know Tucker points it out in some of the audio you have there. Have also been people breaking it down on Twitter. It's full of typos. It's full of math. We're errors. gonna get to all it's, that in a moment. It's a mess, but but my point is just that they chose this. They chose that they want to make this the battle. There, right. the world is full of people with junk degrees mm-hmm. from junk universities. I mean it, and and to be fair, most of the degrees that aren't a hard sciences or an engineering degree are junk. Frankly, you know, I, that's that's just how it is. Um, but but you know, there are real academics in a lot of fields, particularly at the high levels. But this. This thing that Joe Biden has is not that, you know, and whatever. It's fine. I'm not going to sit here and dismantle the university system today. But but they're the ones that wanted to make this the fight to defend how important it is that Mm -hmm. she interviewed 160 college students in right. Delaware, right. That, this it, is, that this is life-changing, important right. academic work. And that work. was
4: after round one when they said, yes, a doctorate is just as important as anything else. Yes, it is. Yes, it means she's highly intelligent. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody would have discovered this, whatever, document had they not upped the ante.
5: Right. You yeah, know, nobody cared.
4: Right. <laughs> nobody cared.
2: And now they, they found gold. Because now what she's written is extraordinary. Her dissertation this week, the very document that made her, quote, a doctor. And what did we discover when we did that? We're going to give it to you in a diagnosis. Dr. Jill needs reading glasses. Either that or she's borderline illiterate. There are typos everywhere, including in the first graph of the introduction. Dr. Jill can't write. and She can't really think clearly either. Parts of the dissertation seem to be written. This is harsh, but it is a
4: dissertation or whatever. We'll call it a dissertation. Mm -hmm. And it is for her doctorate in education. So this isn't like her doctorate in, uh, you know, agrarian supplies. You know, this is this is precisely about education. This you'd want to be spell checking in dotting eyes.
5: Of course. And, you know, as you said, nobody would even have dug up this document and looked at it had the left not decided to make a big thing about how important it is and wonderful it is that Jill Biden has a doctorate and that we're all supposed to defer to it. So then at that point, it's fair for people to go and say, like, so why is she a doctor? Let's take a look. And then, you know, this happened. But nobody was going to go through Jill Biden's dissertation with a fine tooth comb until the left decided to make this into a thing.
2: In a foreign language using English words, they're essentially pure nonsense like pig Latin or dogs barking. The whole thing is just incredibly embarrassing. And not simply to poor, illiterate Jill Biden, but to the college that considered this crap scholarship. Embarrassing, in fact, to our entire system of higher education, to the nation itself. Jill Biden's doctoral dissertation is our national shame. Are we overstating this? Well, you decide. On the very first page of Dr. Biden's opus, she describes an average class of students at a community college called Delaware Tech. Of course, she counts the students by their skin color. She's a Biden, after all. But pay close attention to the math. Quote, three quarters of the class will be Caucasian. One quarter of the class will be African-American. One seat will hold a Latino. And the remaining seats will be filled with students of Asian descent or non-resident aliens. In other words, somehow, Dr. Biden accounted for all five quarters of the class, which actually isn't easy. You've got to pay very close attention to do something like that. As the dissertation continues, so does Dr. Jill's habit of counting things in non-traditional ways on page 47. For example, she writes this quote of the 159 students surveyed 55 receive financial aid, 41 pay their own tuition bills, 45 students, parents pay three spouses pay nine receive scholarships and nine others receive funds for the GI bill, vocational rehabilitation programs or grant. Now we said that fast, but did you follow the accounting there? Jill Biden surveyed 159 students, but she received a total of 162 responses. So go ahead and try that at home. You can't. You're not a doctor. And it goes on. At one point, Dr. Jill suggests, and this is innovative, that, quote, the administration may want to consider in future planning an eight-week study week. An eight-week week. week. Bet you no one (laughs) in the administration thought of that before. In their tired, (laughs) Western, linear approach to time and space, there was only a single week in a week. Yet another relic of the patriarchy. But once Jill Biden smashed the glass ceiling that shielded community colleges in Delaware from new progressive approaches to time management, a week could have eight full weeks. As Jill Biden herself might say, that's an 8000 percent increase. Not bad. All right. We're being cruel there. We gotta be honest and tell you that not all of Jill Biden's dissertation is hallucinogenic fantasy. Some of her claims seem real, some are easily verified. Take this one, quote, according to the retention director at Cecil Community College, Cecil Community College has made a concerted effort to address retention, end quote. So there you have it. In Delaware, retention directors say they're addressing retention. So consider the debate over Cecil Community College's retention efforts settled straight from the source. <laughs> That
4: is vicious, but <laughs> <coughs> it I, does kind of make sense. Um, it does make sense. If she's not very bright, and I, I don't know. I haven't heard her enough to know if she's very bright at all. Maybe she just whipped something up in an hour and turned it in. I don't know what that is. But her husband's all, not very bright. Mm-hmm. Her husband is kind of a, an oafish guy. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it's uh, birds of a feather situation. Then again, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? But it's a passion of Tucker's at this point.
5: Well, yeah, but who made it a passion of the right?
4: Right. No. The people well, well, who the run evil... around
5: insisting that we call her a doctor.
4: Right, and then the people thing. who you know had to slam this, uh, veteran writer from who uh, who who's been writing forever for commentary and other magazines, who wrote this thing for the Wall Street Journal. It gets me thinking, speaking of commentary magazine, they had a great point yesterday, which I passed on to you, mm-hmm. that these public health officials are sociologists, not medical, not MDs. Right. They're not, they wear lab coats sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. And I was just thinking, because on Twitter, they're showing the Dr. Ferrer of Los Angeles, Los Angeles health care facility, uh, Department of Health boss. She makes almost half a million dollars a year, and she was talking about the COVID uh, numbers in California uh, a few days ago, and she almost broke down as she's mentioned the number of deaths, was crying. And I thought to myself, "I don't. Why are doctors now crying while they're telling about you know how many people have COVID? Right. If anything, you should keep your bleep together." So I just happened just to look her up, Doctor Barbara Ferrer, PhD. MPH, med,
5: masters of education, masters of public health, and uh, and PhD.
4: Right. She's not a doctor.
5: <laughs> not the type you. She's conditionally- a Doctor
4: Jill Biden kind of doctor. <laughs> right. And like, Jesus! Of course, no wonder why she's crying up there while yeah. giving the COVID stuff.
5: The only person on the right I know who does this is, is Seb Gorka. Go, sometimes goes by doctor. Oh no, that's there are the uh, plenty of people do it on the right like, too. That's like fair, but
4: plenty of people do it on the right. But the thing is that during the pandemic, I think maybe <laughs> is when you,
5: if you're not a doctor, you, you should not. Go you dial it back just a
4: little bit, just mm. a little bit, <laughs> a, for the hell of it. But it's crazy because these. These public health officials, it's important that people know that. They're yeah. not in the medical, you know, medical beaker <laughs> world. <clears throat> they didn't come straight from the lab and run out to us. These are people, sociologists, who study societies and how to manipulate large-scale you know, initiatives. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> they're the absolute definition of a bureaucrat. So they're when they tell you that you don't need a mask, and they said, and they said because they because they logistically are worried about a fear of a run on masks, so there won't be enough mm-hmm. of the good ones. They saw the fear, they saw the manipulation as being that's job one, right? How do you want to do it? Is job to, ancillary? Right. You no, know, we'll just tell them that the masks don't do anything. Okay, mm-hmm. that moves the most people at one time in a certain direction. Everybody who says, I, 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 good, bang, tabled, we'll do it. There you go. You know, and it, it's it's remarkable just to, to watch these people. And like, um. well, <clears throat> I just moments ago before this podcast started, mm-hmm. I just found something on Twitter. That is the very definition of... Did I just say it twice in a row? It's the best illustration of this that I have ever seen. And this is freaking wonderful. Okay. Um, Governor Whitmer in Michigan. Mm -hmm. This is somebody... This is one of these governors who loves lockdowns. (laughs) She loves lockdowns. She's, of course, one of these governors whose own family has been breaking the lockdown rules the whole time. Mm -hmm. She just released a video (laughs) for today's uh lockdown uh government government uh press conference where she tells you what you can't do (laughs) she and the public health officials have found a new strategy and it involves children (laughs) and an iconic figure who's been unearthed this year because i assume most years this is a very un-pc thing to do
1: thank you for joining us i'm Governor Gretchen Whitmer, and I'm really excited to be here with all of you. And I also know someone who's been really following the rules. and making Oh,
2: whoa,
4: who could that be? So I'm looking at the Zoom <laughs> meeting now. It's her, and there's maybe half a dozen little kids in the other little boxes. In the top right box, somebody very famous this time of year, live from the North Pole, Making sure that
1: he stays safe and the elves stay safe. And so my
4: special guest is Santa. No one's manipulating anybody <laughs> at all. He's following the rules so that he stays safe and the elves stay safe. This is the ultimate public health elf on the shelf strategy. <laughs> Santa Claus.
6: Hello, boys and girls. How are you?
1: Does anyone have a question for Santa
5: Claus? Santa, do you
6: have to wear a mask? When I'm in- wow, what an
4: f- insightful, inappropriate, yeah, timely question. I, mean,
5: I don't think anybody put that kid no. up to that at all. I, no. That seems like the first thing little kids ask yes, Santa. Yes, that's what sure. they want to know.
4: It's nothing ever self-centered nothing about-, about
5: presents or no. reindeer. Yes, or-
4: They don't want to know anything about that.
6: In my workshop with all my elves, we all are masked up in social distancing. Hi, Seth. Oh. Right Should read out cookies and milk also since carrot be in the air this year yes, please do set out carrots and cookies if you can and I
4: do also like the you know um production house music that they have mm-hmm. to use something left over from like probably nineteen eighty seven It's where but <laughs> the government is putting this the presentation together
3: can't
5: with the cookies and milk that
4: was a. did you hear that the question?
5: Something about those cookies and milk.
4: Yes, well, but he asked the little kid asked unprovoked, mm-hmm. unprompted mm-hmm. if he uses hand sanitizer,
5: uh,
1: which is
4: precisely what a two-year-old would want to know.
1: <laughs> Good suggestion. Excuse
6: me, yeah. Nana. in the North Everyone has been testing negative. We're still getting tested. Yeah. I think we're so far up north that it might not be getting to us, but we're not going to take any chances. We're all- Even if it's a place where it can't
4: possibly get to us, we're not taking any chances. So we up north in the North Pole, we all wear masks and... Do all the stuff and social distance. So if you're alone or with your mommy and daddy in the middle of the woods, you should too. Remember, (laughs) I am, and I can see what you're doing.
6: We're all going to mask up, we're all going to wash our hands, and we're all going to stay six feet apart. Thank Thank you. Yeah. Hi, how
1: can we keep people safe for Christmas?
6: What I would suggest to do is what the governor is telling all the people of the great state of Michigan to do, social distance, wash your hands. Can you imagine that because,
4: I would say so, that because, you know, they know that a good percent of the population now finds the governor Whitmer to be vile and somebody without credibility without credence, somebody not to listen to, and these other public health Mm flacks that they're saying, okay, find a beloved icon and have the icon do the talking now, since when we do it, it doesn't seem to matter, Mm -hmm. and grab kids, give them preloaded questions, and let's make this thing go.
5: Right. I mean, do you think, though, there's really any difference between that and the strategy of having, like, Ian McKellen take the vaccine on camera and tell everybody about it and all the adults quote unquote are like oh my god gandalf took the vaccine if it's good enough for gandalf i'm gonna do it too
4: i think it's certainly more (laughs) sadistic i mean i mean there's been nothing is using
5: i mean to do it to children is obviously terrible and it's pathetic that the adults in our society are that susceptible to acting like children but all of this having celebrities do public service announcements is the same thing just for adults right
4: uh, yes, but so, at least
5: but doing it to a, kids, yes, is more ridiculous, and doing it with Santa is just.
4: Kids should be, um, you know, concentrating like on more important things like their gender identification. I think. Oh at this yeah. At this age.
6: And make sure you wear your mask when you're outside your home. Screw you, Santa! And
1: another <laughs> way to stay safe during the holiday is to stay home. But call your grandparents and your cousins. Telling
4: the kids. Telling the kids. Mm -hmm. You make sure that your parents stay home. Call your grandparents. Mm -hmm. You're not going anywhere. Santa said he's not going to bring
5: you presents.
4: Exactly. We're your parents.
1: And your family. And it's the safest way to tell the people you love how much you care about them. This year it has to look a little bit different so we can stay. It
4: has to. Right, Santa? Yes, it has to. Do you understand that?
1: See. and I appreciate all of you doing your part, Santa. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Let's hear your oh, best ho ho ho. Ho ho, ho 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 ho! Merry ho, Christmas! Ho.
6: Merry Christmas! Merry Christmas! Ho ho! Hi, everybody!
4: Oh, Jesus! And you know, Santa is some guy named Rick who works in constituent services. So she's <laughs> like, "Hey, useless, get over here!" <laughs> oh man.
5: Uh yeah, that's really bad, and <laughs> I don't know. Um,
4: and the thing is <sighs> that we're not anti-mask. We have masks, and we wear our masks. Uh, uh or, I don't wear it when I'm out walking. Um, but I have them. Me. I mean, wear it like, in the stores. I'm the one to scare the hell out of people, or you know, people, etc. But it should feel wrong, and it is wrong that elected officials, servants of the people are you know making these weird demands on people <laughs> a lot of which a lot of which based on their own evidence are just symbolic right they don't do anything for i mean i'm i'm sorry but the the contact tracing on the restaurants is a head scratcher considering it's been a huge priority but it's just about they don't want you going out there and being liberated, as we've talked about, mm-hmm. or acting liberated. You out there When you're out there at restaurants drinking and having a good time and happy, it seems like you're not concentrating on the coronavirus <laughs> enough. So no, no. You better, if you're going to be happy, you better, there's only a few other things. And like we said, public health experts, again, not, these are not medical people.
5: Right. These
4: are um,
5: behavior people.
4: Behavior people. And remember, that's why they said this summer that the Black Lives Matter uh, protests and then mm-hmm. the subsequent riots, et cetera, were public health emergency issues, because because right. they're behavior people and they're political people, they're ideologues, mm-hmm. crazy. crazy, 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 crazy. So it's been a, so that's a happy ending that it's been a for this year that somehow it's been a bad year for people who call themselves doctors. I've been complaining about our guy who calls himself doctor since before the pandemic.
5: Right. Dr. B, our school superintendent. Um, He was a nice
4: enough guy. But Jesus, come on.
5: Yeah. And especially, you are especially upset about it once the pandemic started and we were getting calls every other day from Dr. B, who was not a doctor. (laughs) And you were like, maybe during the public health emergencies, the wrong time for non-medical doctors to go around calling themselves doctor.
4: And, he, you know, it, some of, so many of the messengers can't help but combine their messaging with, and that was the same when I was talking, when I was, when I heard Dr. Ferrer was on M- MSNBC today, um, you know, she talked about that. It's, it's hard now, right now, we've had 3,000 deaths or the average, or 800 deaths a day or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the rolling average. I don't know how many actually a day, but in California. And she's like, um, And she's like, well, I mean, the only thing that we can do, people think there's going to be a miracle, that this is just going to end it, but but it's not. The only thing we can do right now is just keep following the rules. Do your best to follow the rules. That's what we can do. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's a dangerous thing to say. That's a dangerous thing to say. That's a nice and helpful thing for her Mm -hmm. and them, but life isn't just like that. And following the rules, when the rules encapsulate a bunch of things, that are harmful, but not helpful. Right. For, for them to say just flippantly, just follow the rules.
5: hmm I mean, mask wearing, as far as I can tell, in Massachusetts has never been higher. Right. And yet there's virus everywhere. Right. You know, Governor Baker told us a few months ago that if everybody wore masks religiously, the virus would be gone. And that hasn't happened. Why hasn't that happened? Because masks maybe help at the margins a little bit, but they... It, that's not the driving factor of this.
4: And right. When California's been underground for a, a month. And it doesn't matter. With the exception of, uh, you know, the French laundry mm-hmm. in most places have been stifled in California.
5: Right. Look how locked down we were in the spring. And then they at, at that point in time, there was really high compliance. Not with masks because nobody was masks were not allowed then. But with, um, with staying home. Everyone really stayed home for those first few weeks. And and still, eight thousand people died in Massachusetts. Like over the next couple months, that's that's what happened because the virus was already here and it already spread around. I read something that said the BioGen conference was like, you know, one point six percent of all the cases in the U.S. can be traced back to that BioGen conference in Massachusetts. Hmm. And um, so it's really. The virus is still out there. It's still. It doesn't matter if you wear the mask. It's still going to spread. And and giving people a scapegoat in the form of the whatever small percent of people aren't wearing a mask outside in the woods walking around and saying that they're the reason why your kids can't go to school. That person is the reason why right. your daughter can't have her wedding. That person is the reason why you can't go get your surgery that you've been waiting to have. To do that is a really a dangerous way to run a society.
4: Yes, it is, especially since we've got big divisions in the society, and they—they're mm-hmm. reading their tribal script, you know. in in it's yes, it is a problem. It's a problem now more than ever. John Berman is on this tear about kids getting COVID now, and you know uses every opportunity. He's is he seen in our MB, MSNBC? I don't, I don't know. He's one of the two. Well, probably MSNBC, uh, but you know he. he he rap he creates this uh you know wraps up this big uh covid burrito which
0: includes of course a shot at the current administration and uh, Republicans. There's an email that came to light overnight from a doctor who worked inside the Trump administration who was rooting for people to get infected to build herd immunity. And I'm not overstating that. He literally was. This is what Paul Alexander, again, who was an HHS senior advisor, said. Infants, kids, teens, young people, young adults, middle-aged with no conditions, have zero to little risk. So we use them to develop herd. We want them infected, he said. Now, the reason in addition to it just being startling, that someone would ever say that, that I'm reading to, that to you now, is because... It's not startling if you get the disease and it's not something
4: that will kill you. Right. And Or it, it might be something that you never even know you have the disease.
5: Right. It's not shocking to say, I hope a lot of people get a non-dangerous illness so that it runs its course through society and then fewer vulnerable people get it
0: there's an article in JAMA, the Journal of the American Medical Association overnight, uh, and one of the, the authors of it is Dr. Rochelle Walensky, who will run the CDC starting in a few weeks, which found that young people are dying at higher rates over the last year than they were before. It found that July appears to have been the deadliest month among this group in modern American history. Over the past 20 years, an average of 11,000 young Americans uh, died each July. This number swelled to more than 16,000. We're talking about people ages 25 to 44, 5,000 more deaths in the month of July than the previous average. And the implication is, is that it's largely because of coronavirus. What does that tell you? How is
4: that the implication? <laughs> it's not. It, it, it's not. I, I mean, I could think of several other things. And certainly, there's been a huge um, spike in crime.
5: Yeah, the murder rate is way up
4: this Mm -hmm. year. murder rate is way up.
5: And that probably hits the 25 to 44 population pretty hard, I would guess.
4: Absolutely. And also, people don't have access to mental health services or haven't had Mm -hmm. access to mental health services, and there's a lot of suicides. There's a lot of drug use.
5: Drug overdoses, yep. Um, It is interesting, because I have followed some of these numbers, and it's tough, because there is a time lag with how deaths get reported so you don't necessarily know stuff right away and you don't have all the detail right away but it is looking for one thing like murders are up um, and uh, and probably overdoses as well there's less clear evidence on suicide specifically but um, but yeah I mean and, and there is some evidence that young people's deaths were up even before the start of coronavirus back in January too um, you know over previous years not to a level that was so huge it was attracting notice really but
4: well it um, had been written about
5: um but yeah i mean i would say that there are these other factors that are that are coming into that it's clearly not coronavirus because we know how many young people are dying for of coronavirus we have uh coronavirus we actually have much more detailed death numbers than we have on anything else and we have them much sooner because we've been doing way more reporting on that than on anything else that we normally do but um But yeah, deaths have been up this year for for a lot of reasons, the coronavirus being one of them, but also our reaction to coronavirus being another. And and certainly I'm not trying to make the claim, as some people are, that that lockdown deaths dwarf coronavirus deaths because they do not. That is not the case. Um, But um, but certainly there's zero evidence that the young people's deaths are caused by coronavirus. That is a nonsensical claim.
4: Who is Sophie Turner, Alice? Sophie
5: Turner is an actress from Game of Thrones.
4: Oh, okay, so that's she what has red hair her.
5: in Game of Thrones, and she's married to Joe Jonas.
4: Is she the woman who sings? Oh, okay, uh, who sings? Um, I am the Candidate Lorian or something. The one who Jay thought was sexy. She's no, a-
5: no, no. That's that's um, Amelia. I can't believe I don't remember her name. Uh, but she plays Daenerys Targaryen. Okay. Um, so- Sophie Sophie Turner plays Sansa Stark.
4: Okay, good. I can't <laughs> wait to. Ca- I gotta catch up on this. do
5: Amelia Clark is the actress who plays Daenerys. Sorry. No. Um. It came back to me.
4: No. Um. Uh, what's that called? Because I'm gonna watch it. I don't want you to tell me what happened. No spoilers. No spoilers, please. Can't watch it to, to to watch the thing about people fighting dragons. On... <laughs> White Walkers. Right. Oh, Jesus. I'm just still upset about the red wedding. All my favorite characters died. Oh my God. If I. This is Sophie Turner.
5: If I can department. wear a mask while I give birth, you can wear a mask at
4: Walmart. And that's the tea.
3: <laughs> that's
5: the tea.
4: The best thing about being condescended <laughs> to by a stupid person. Is that they have no idea that they how overtly stupid and unintelligent they are?
3: If I can design. wear a, m-
4: if I and I'm worth something, I was <laughs> I'm in very a, important. I was in a in a, a TV show with dragons. I'm important. <laughs> if I can do it, you know, while I'm giving birth to the heir <laughs> of my uh, precious fame, she's married to Joe Jonas, and worth that is a lot more, uh, a lot worth more than you're worth, <laughs> if I can do that, then certainly, well, you are, <laughs> I don't even want to say it, Joe, Walmart, <laughs> you can certainly do it. Mask
5: while well, I give birth. You can wear a mask at Walmart, and that's the tea. Do they even have Walmart in England? I don't know. So is she specifically talking to Americans? Because... The rest of the world has this impression that everybody's just ignoring all the rules in America.
4: I guess so. I don't know. I don't because
5: know. I see people. Most people do wear masks in Walmart, by the way.
4: <laughs> I mean, yeah, actually, yeah, and yeah, we we are. Yeah, we, so we we're near a Walmart, the kind of Walmart where
5: the kind that Sophie Turner has never been to.
4: Right. It also the <laughs> kind where if people weren't going to wear masks, they wouldn't be wearing them there. Um. Uh, it was, I, I could i could think it's safe to say it's a very trumpy walmart mm-hmm. the one up the street so. a, a bit um so that's sophie turner for you i had never met her I, mm-hmm. you know i, I already I do have, like her accent though there was already a, a zero 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 point zero zero <laughs> zero 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 four chance that i was ever gonna watch um a game of thrones and watch people sword fighting um I watched all the Game of Thrones. I, now I won't even more. Yes, Alice loves it. It's fantastic. No, no, no. no kill, I don't they, love it anymore. They kill babies because, on it. No. And, and everybody rapes everybody. It seems like a great show. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, that I,
5: is true, though. The one episode that Tom was in the room while I was watching is the one where um, they send out the people to kill all the potential illegitimate children of... Um, King Robert. So yeah,
4: great. It was a great so show. Tom
5: was horrified by that, but yeah. anyway. But now everybody hates the show. You'll be glad to know, even the fans of the show, because they ruined the ending of the show. So everyone's mad at it. Nobody re-watches it. It's like a whole thing. So
4: oh darn! I'll have to get into. So the you thing should where be they're...
5: pleased now. No one likes Game of Thrones anymore. But um, I'll but... get
4: into the one. You know what? With the with the wimp, shrimpy guy from um, Love Actually. The zombie. Yes. Show is that? Can the I the be watching Dead? Right. Or Robert. the one where the uh, the. A high school guy starts selling crack.
5: Breaking Bad.
4: Yeah, and those, those seem just so yeah. appealing. I want to I want to watch something actually, about Sophie a freaking Turner. a drug dealer whose life is upside down.
5: Sophie Turner actually lectured the fans too after everybody hated the ending of the show and just like ripped the whole show and how terrible it was and how much they ruined it and she said it was like ungrateful to people. Oh, that's and great. Like said that they should soak it up and that everyone worked really hard on the last season and, they yeah,
6: and by the way second. if i
3: can
5: wear a mask while i give birth you can wear a mask at walmart and that's the tea
4: that's great what a moron <laughs>
5: i do right. like her accent though
4: um so we had some no we don't like her accent i like her accent no you don't
5: if oh, i can wear a mask
4: so we had some um uh snow up here in the northeast today, as you know. We
5: probably have about a foot out there. And but... I'm
4: gonna say something, another negative thing, and this is gonna be this is gonna be terrible, Alice, because much like I with the exception of you who are watching or listening, mm-hmm. I don't love people having conversations about having binged watched a show I really need to watch.
5: You're not I a don't, big show person. I'm not
4: a big show person, okay? Uh, like I was saying, like Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad and all that crap. I, I'm not watching some fictional thing about a lot. I'm not investing into something that I don't care about. You
5: did watch Mad Men.
4: Of course. That was a genius. That's different. That I'm is different. i trying
5: to think what else you actually like. I
4: started to watch um, House of Cards.
5: But uh, then it got silly.
4: Right. Got, See, after he choose... became a serial killer, I was like, <laughs> okay. Oh, sorry. Um, um, uh, what did I just do there? When I gave it away. Spoiler. Spoiler alert. Yep. <laughs>
5: um, we watched some <clears throat> Silicon Valley. You liked that for a while.
4: Right. Until it couldn't find its own tail. It became like Lost, mm-hmm. which I was just recently into too, uh, in 2004, uh, when Lost couldn't tie up any season's mm-hmm. end. They're like, like, does anybody know how to end this? No. Anybody? No. Um, uh, aliens? Okay. I feel dirty writing it, but there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it, but another genre of something I despise, despise mm-hmm. is, uh, local news. I can't stand it. I can't stand it.
5: I kind of enjoy it for what it is. Oh, I,
4: I hate it. We I used hate. to have I, on,
5: I, you, we've had on VB on this show, but we used to always have Fox 25 on in the mm-hmm. mornings here when VB used to be on it. And, um, and who was the weather girl who was on at that time that we that I loved? Cindy, uh, Irish Cindy, name. Cindy Fitz Fitzgibbons. Fitzgibbons. She was cool. Yeah, I liked her, and I liked VB. So I would that watch channel that channel a little every different. Morning.
4: That channel was different. It was the Fox affiliate in town, and they were a little more editorial. They were a little edgy, which was cool. So mm-hmm. that was a little different. House fires in Situate, and <clears throat> deer stuck on ice in Chelmsford. <laughs> Even though, says the you know, person who <coughs> writes the
5: story about the moose in the Merrimack River
4: oh, that was great he was in the middle of a city, a moose, that was cool <laughs> but no, I'm talking about local TV news and I can't stand a lot of the alliteration and how it's over the top and when they get the most ridiculous, and I understand that this is how the media works and I'm in the media so I've done some of this uh, showmanship, gamesmanship stuff mm-hmm. to try to make things over the top, melodramatic but when it gets snowy they get the most <laughs> horrific. And, but the weather makes a lot of money, so they're never going to stop doing it. But today, Kimberly- But I
5: don't remember. It has gotten worse because I don't remember. First of all, when I was a kid, not every snowstorm had a name.
4: Oh, yeah. That's Hurricanes
5: had names, but every snowstorm didn't have a name. That wasn't a thing back then. Nobody so, ever mentioned snow natos or whatever. I know. Like, okay, so snow- there was no
4: snow nados. <laughs> n- <was>, yes. And, <laughs> or yeah.
5: like the Arctic blast. Like none of this was, I don't remember any of that. Right. They just had the, there were sometimes just storms, snow. but there was just but weather. You'd have mostly. some,
4: you, they'd all stand outside. Now, now it's, they're all over the top. Of- <laughs>
5: <laughs> What's happening over there?
4: I just had to swell. Um, Kimberly Buckman from Channel 7. Mm hmm. She seems very nice, and I have friends who work at Channel 7. I like Channel 7 in Massachusetts. But she did this thing today where she, because it was snowing, mm-hmm. and everybody, first of all, I also feel, and she didn't do this. Well, maybe she did. But not with her, but all over social media, I feel homicidal thoughts when I see people sticking rulers in the snow. <laughs> I, I I can't I can't stand that. I can't stand I can't. It's so freaking cliched. It's like it makes me angrier than people who stand up during the seventh inning stretch and stretch. Oh, oh yo, know, as the organ's playing at a baseball game, and they're stre- like, "You waited? You needed to stretch that bad, and you waited until the the allotted stretch moment." Jeez, I can't stand it. It, it makes me crazy. That's why I didn't used to have Thanksgiving, Alice. You know this. It's not my. I can't. I don't want to do this thing that we all are told to do for some reason. that sucks. But okay, so. So here's the thing, Kimberly Bookman goes out there and she's got household items in the snow, <laughs> using them to show us how much the snow is adding up. And this was in Gloucester, Massachusetts, which, I, or was it somewhere near Gloucester, which hadn't gotten that much then, but still, I appreciate that she was going to do a take a different angle. But for Christ's sakes, let's just get through the snow, Kimberly. Just (laughs) if you must, just stand outside in the snow.
3: Now this area is supposed to get at least a foot of snow, and sometimes it's hard to gauge exactly what one foot of snow looks like. So. (laughs) So I brought with me some props. Seven of them, actually, for Seven News. These are.
4: Seven, for Seven News. Mm -hmm. You see. A
5: bunch of geniuses in the marketing meeting. Oh, that is total
4: marketing meeting. Totally marketing meeting. We're
5: going. I know, we could have her bring out something different than a typical ruler. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, she could bring, you know, a couple things. Or what about, hey, how about seven? Because then we can tie it in to the number of the channel. Seven right. items, seven news. Get it?
4: Right. And and I was like, and I used to have to go to marketing meetings. And always, the idea of the marketing meeting is, because there's like one or two true believers who have read like The Tipping Point, or who back then had read The Tipping Point? Now I'm sure they're all leaning into it, whatever it is, all the new, newest thing of the day. Mm-hmm. But if you wanted to survive the meeting, because you had to have input, to you had to you had to win a meeting, so you had to have the idea was to get out and survive. And if you can get a basket while you're in there, that's even better. But there'd always be the people who were mediocre or bad at marketing, and I was one of them. You to survive, you would just work off of the frequency on the station so i worked for 96.9 mm-hmm. why don't we give away 96.9 dollars every hour on the hour oh my god it's incredible very good branding too mm-hmm. wow i worked at wrko which was 680 why don't we have 680 days of freaking free coffee from dunkin donuts <laughs> and it was like really the most disgraceful like low rent like way to win a marketing <laughs> meeting now, the branding is really good, really good. Look for something on the... I mean, if you're smart enough to... But anyway, so she's got her seven items, household items, mm-hmm. because of Channel 7. Right. I, yep. Seven sinks in your head, so you're not going to... you're
5: more likely to turn to Channel 7 next always, time you it's need there. the news.
4: For some reason, I don't know why I'm starting <laughs> at seven today, but I am. I don't know why. I don't, believe, I don't believe a lot of marketing stuff, too. Did I tell you about the, the woman... I had a... A big marketing woman and myself, about 15 years ago, we had an argument. I told her, I don't believe this marketing crap works. Uh, a, a lot of this branding stuff works. It's mm-hmm. like what we're talking about right now. And she said, oh, you don't really? And then she put one foot up on the chair like this mm-hmm. and said, well, who is this? Who is this supposed to be? And I said, who do you think it is? <laughs> Captain Morgan. Right. And I said, oh, is that, uh, is that the Captain Morgan guy? She said, right, exactly. you see? And I said, yeah, but Captain Morgan still sucks. It's still just Captain Morgan. I mean, I understand that you're acting like the guy from the commercials, but the product still sucks. But no, no, it's it's top of mind, front of mind now. There you go. And so,
5: we'll... just speaking of this, this is funny, did you see this news story in the last day or two Although... about the Oreos? No. So, this might even have been the New York Times, I don't remember who published this, but somebody did a... a A big article about why Oreos come out with so many limited edition flavors. Why do you think Oreos come out with so many limited edition flavors?
4: Um, I think because people enjoy them. Because they're awesome.
5: Because they sell more of the original Oreos when they have special flavors out. Is that true? Apparently, it's true. Apparently, they have an uptick of when they come out with a new flavor, people go buy the new flavor and while they're there, pick up a pack of regular Oreos. Or it just, like, puts Oreos in their head that, like, there's special flavors out. So they're like, oh, yeah, Oreos. Hmm, Yeah, I'll go get some Oreos. So apparently, when they come out with a new special flavor, people buy more regular Oreos.
4: That is... Interesting. I don't know that I believe market my <laughs> research, but that is interesting. There's also supposedly with uh, online subscriptions mm-hmm. is that let's say you've got your online subscription, which is five bucks a month, you know, uh-huh. to, to, to watch uh, the Burn Barrel podcast. Mm-hmm. If you have the offer a premium subscription mm-hmm. for 10 bucks a month that gives you extra stuff, then many more people then usually get the $5 a month one. Hmm. So that drives sales for the normal pr- pr- subscription. Right. And that supposedly is the the marketing, how that works now. And who knows? I'm back to, I've got seven items in the snow right okay, now. Okay, sorry, else, yes, I to... so we're branding seven news right now.
3: Household goods here. And I put them down on the pavement. There's actually one that's deep in the snow here. You can't even see. It's a tennis ball because the snow is coming down.
4: We just have to imagine. <laughs> so as far as I know, right now I'm tuning to channel six. <laughs> You know, I only see six household goods taking her word for it, Kimberly, that there's a seven, that's a, a, a supposed mythical tennis ball under the snow here.
3: I'm so fast and furious that it's covering it.
4: It wasn't coming down so fast and furious, but i fine.
3: <laughs> but I figured I would bring my handy dandy measuring stick and we could figure out exactly how much snow is coming down throughout the day.
4: This is what I don't understand. You got the seven household items to better illustrate for us how deep the snow is. So right now, the snow is at least one tennis ball deep. <laughs> yep. And then she's got a mug there, and she's got like a bobblehead doll and whatever. She's she's using illustrations for us. Mm-hmm. This is a scratch and sniff book she's made for us right now uh-huh. that makes total sense to us. So why is the handy-dandy ruler coming right, out like yeah. she's Joe Bastardi from the Weather Channel suddenly? I thought we had gone... We Uh, had the items. I I thought we reimagined the uh, ruler, and that's what the household items were.
3: Okay, so right now, this is a coffee mug you're looking at, and it's filled right to the brim with snow. And you can see on this measuring stick, that's about seven inches at this point in time. So it's really coming down, and we expect that by...
4: It seems to me Mm -hmm. that if the coffee mug is filled to the brim, then the area outside of the coffee mug is equally as filled.
5: You would think so, yes.
4: Right. So I don't know if the coffee cup is doing any special work here. It's fine.
3: (laughs) At the end of the day, most of this will be covered, so we'll continue to check it out and
4: monitor it. So that's all I have for the household items coverage. If she's still out there and all of the items are covered, (laughs) then that would have been worth it. Oh, now you have got a friend involved here. One got through. Um, Okay, so we talked about... I know that's just a small thing. Kimberly Bookman of Channel 7, you guys do a great job. I've got friends over Channel 7. Like I said, God bless you. I love you. Um, Good luck with the snow. I'm glad you're still in business. We need all the media we can uh, muster. Um, By the way, Jacqueline Cashman did call me last night. I didn't answer. I was talking to somebody from my work, but at least she's alive. So um, um, what was it? Just on the, working off what we talked about yesterday. Yesterday we played this great AOC audio where she's really setting the battle lines against the uh, Democratic majority in Congress. She and the rest of the squad and the rest of the progressives uh, want to, um, you know, make the charge soon and, and make a power play. So now one of the uh, you know one of the establishment Democrats in leadership. Um, has uh, essentially returned to fire.
3: There has been some disagreement, as you know, inside your own party with some of the more progressive members saying that Democrats gave up too much in negotiations. I want to play you a little bit of that. I'd like-
4: this is Mark Warner from Virginia who's being talked to right now. Get a, response- a, Pol- a Pelosi or uh, a uh, Schumer Democrat.
3: ...is somebody who is involved in putting this together. Watch.
6: So if you're asking me do I think that this bill was well negotiated, I don't. There should have been a lot more money in it than there currently is.
3: It's really quite shameful that we find ourselves uh, negotiating a, a deal with such Ilhan a small Omar. amount of money. You were very involved, of course, Senator, in the negotiations. How do you respond to that?
0: I say these are folks who've never negotiated any deal that I think has ever been successful.
4: Oh, vicious, vicious. So there you go. The volleys are going back and forth on the two sides. Okay. Um, ready. Ready. Are you ready, Alice Shattuck? I'm ready. Oh, sorry, did you're you off. turn me I you off. off? I'm ready. Okay. Do you have any news items that we need to present? If not, I'm getting towards the next agenda item, which is a philosophical question or two. Um, do you have no, your thinking think cap we, on? Okay. Well, then I we were, my... we're going to read the thing about the Joe um, <inaudible> Biden's dissertation. But I think we did enough. On that. Yeah, we're fine. All right, ready.
5: Okay, I'm ready. I hope you're ready. I'm ready for my felt. Look at me in your flash. normal
4: look, and not your sweet video <laughs> I don't know. To, look.
5: I don't know to, do I look at you normally? Like I want to murder you? Is that, yes. Okay.
4: Does hardship make a person stronger? If so, under what conditions? And at one po- what point is it too much hardship? If not, what makes a person stronger?
5: Yes. Hardship makes a person stronger um, if if they choose to let the hardship make them stronger. Um, some people encounter hardship and choose to not engage with it, you know?
4: What do you mean choose to not engage with it?
5: I mean, so... This is a tough issue because it's tough to talk about how other people react to things that you're not reacting to, you know, because Mm -hmm. you only can deal with your own issues. You know, I can't lecture somebody else about how they should react to something that happens to them. I can only deal with the things that come to me. But, you know, I can choose when something happens to me, um, you know, how to react to it and, and whether to let it make me better and you know it's there's always silly trite metaphors about this like the the pressure turns the coal into a diamond or whatever mm-hmm. you know but but you can choose to let hardships um shape you and strengthen you or you can choose to um you know to crumple
4: well i mean what if they just hurt what if they get to you what if you work for somebody a boss and he's just an a-hole and he bothers you i mean it gets under your skin you, it's so self-doubt and whatever
5: i mean well that's the question right like when is something too much when mm-hmm. is the and you know it's not a question that I have the answer to it's it's not a question but this is a question that's been examined by philosophers for a long long time like why do bad things happen to Mm -hmm. people what what makes some people react to things a certain way and other people not because I mean I use the phrase like people choose how to respond to things choose to allow things to make them better or don't choose that but but choice Choice is kind of a loaded word because there are all kinds of things that make people. Is react the hardship to of
4: that child uh, making you stronger right now, or is it uh, what effect is that having?
5: The child isn't a hardship; he's just fine.
4: Well, that's just because you're just a good person. Fine. Now, I would say this about this question: uh-huh. Does hardship make a person stronger? I would say that, and this is a trend now as well that's in vogue right mm-hmm. now. Is that there is currency and there is a a sweet nectar. Um, In indulging in self-pity now Mm -hmm. more than I've seen in my life where there is um, there's almost a utility on it. You know, you can it it feels good. There's a validation in going on social media and just talking to your friends and letting them know about how a hardship, how some kind of existential thing has Mm -hmm. has damaged you, you know, and made you in a sense in a sense more noble now because you're kind of you're emotionally damaged and you've you've got that scar now. So, uh,
5: yeah, but that but that doesn't that's not what I think makes you stronger is when you turn it into a, a liability and you say like, "Oh, well this bad thing happened to me, so now I can't be successful because the patriarchy pushed me down or whatever." You know, the, the way that you're made stronger by hardship is when you you know, keep going. And I think that this is something like even though it's tough to talk about because it's tough to say like you know, I I would never dream of sitting here and saying, like, oh, like, you know, um, people who get cancer, like, they, th- it makes them stronger and it makes them better. Like, and that's why they get cancer. That's because that's a disgusting thing to say, you know. But that being said, people go through, a lot of people go through some pretty tough things.
4: Well, I and mean, they- cancer is a universe of tough things.
5: Right, but a lot of people go through a lot of tough things. And I'm saying that that you can never speak for other people and their reactions to hardship, in my view. Um, and that whenever people try and do that, you always come off like a jerk.
4: Well, maybe, but, but maybe sometimes but, it's worth coming off like a jerk. Some, some a people, people need to suck it up.
5: But a lot of people go through really tough things. And I think there's a trend in our society, like you say, to to say that you can't or you can't get ahead, or the reason your life is terrible is XYZ, or such and such a bad thing happening. Nobody knows why bad things happen to you. There's a whole book of the Bible written about this, the book of Job, you know? And and that book is full of people explaining to Job why what happened to him happened to him. And, and none of them has it. None of them has an answer. And and so when I say that this is a question that people have been dealing with for a long time, it's like it's a tough – I'm not going to be able to answer it for you satisfactorily in five minutes at the end of a podcast because it's just – it's just not – it's complex. But in general, yes, hardship does make people stronger and better and, um, and, and shapes them in, in ways And in that our societal rejection of hardship as a valid thing to go through – that it's not okay that ev- anybody ever goes through hardship it is toxic for our society and for the growth of character in people.
4: And also, hardships, challenges, setbacks in life, gut punches in life, um, give you the opportunity to survive them so that the next time they come down the road, you know that they're survivable and you also are, are more skillful in learning to avoid mm-hmm. them or ameliorate them. Or, or just, just simply handle them. Tolerate them. them. <laughs> tolerate them, exactly. Exactly right, Alice Shattuck. By the way, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. We're probably... We really um, have
5: the best listeners. And, they're, and Yes. I don't say this enough, but they're very funny on Twitter, and they're, they're and great. Meme, I love all of you. <laughs> the memes
4: we like, too. We laugh our asses <laughs> off all day. Um, and uh, I lo- love the Twitter comments. And you can make them as, as nice and mean as you'd like or too as well. Whatever, whatever uh, gets your creativity going, I'm all for it, so... Thanks so much. And um, we'll see you in a couple days.
5: This has been the Burn Barrel Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Burn Barrel Pod, Facebook.com slash Burn Barrel Podcast, on Parlor at Burn Barrel Podcast. You can send us an email, Burn Podcast at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel, Tom Shattuck's Burn Barrel. You can find all the videos of our episodes there. You can like them, comment on them, and you can even subscribe on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: now this area is supposed to get at least a foot of snow and sometimes it's hard to gauge exactly what one foot of snow looks like so i brought with me some props seven of them actually for seven news these are household goods here and i put them down on the pavement there's actually one that's deep in the snow here you can't even see it's a tennis ball because the snow is coming down so fast and furious that it's covering it. But I figured I would bring my handy dandy measuring stick.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.